Welcome to the Road to Life Church podcast. Here with our pastor, Micah Shepline, you will be inspired through the Word of God. For more information, please visit roadtolifechurch.com. memberships. Everybody say renewable Renewable. memberships. Memberships. Now, many of us are like, oh, you know, I got a few of those. But then when you start counting, you're just like, oh my gosh, I've got a few of those, right? I, you know, Amazon Prime, I can't even remember a time before that. You know, you think about it, it's like you order something from anywhere else. You're like, wait, this doesn't have one day shipping, right? This isn't delivered in a blue truck. You know, I, uh, how many of you guys are Apple Music people or right here? Raise your hand if you're in Apple Music. Okay, we got a few graces. I don't know why it's weird. Uh, Spotify, how many Spotify people? I'm, I'm Spotify, okay. Maddie, love you. Oh, uh, right. Now, here's a, here's a couple other ones. Costco people in here. Can I get a, oh, let's go. I would get down on some Costco. Kirkland brand all day. Anyway, right? Costco, uh, we got any uh, gym memberships in here that you can't use right now? <laughs> right? Gym memberships, all right, we're there. I have a, uh, I'm kind of a coffee uh, snob, and so I actually have a coffee membership. Uh, I kind of just, I was just thinking about memberships, but the goal of a membership is you pay a monthly premium, right, and you get the benefits of that membership. Now, if you think about it like this, though, what happens if you would just pay that membership one time and you acted like forever you're supposed to have the benefits, right? If you think about it. Like, if you, like, paid your monthly Amazon Prime one time, canceled it, like, four months later, tried to order, and you, like, call customer service, you're like, hey, I could totally see somebody doing this in America today, too. Like, hey, I paid for this once. I thought it lasts forever. <laughs> right? Or, like, because when we think about it, we, we don't necessarily realize, like, yeah, that, that's a little sum of money that gives us the services until the services are gone. Like, even some of us, Internet, right, you don't realize you're, like, paying it. You see it come out of your account. But the moment you don't have Internet, you're like, I don't have Internet. You know, for me, sports just started back up this week, which means I, I restarted my, my kind of cable stuff because I only watch sports on TV. That's pretty much it. But it's, it's just funny to me because I think a lot of the times what we do is we view these, these subscriptions or these renewable memberships, and what we do is we weigh the, the analysis of, okay, what do I get in return? So I, I pay this and I get this, and it's worth every month paying for that because I get this service with it. Now, what I want to talk about today, though, is I think this aspect of Christianity that, or following Jesus that a lot of us have where it's like, okay, God, I was renewed one time. I raised my hand, did the prayer, got knocked over, some of us, <laughs> right? Well, I did all of it, and it was awesome, and then it's like, okay, I got renewed. But what's interesting, though, is Paul, in the New Testament... After Jesus goes to heaven, this guy Paul shows up on the scene. And Paul writes and is writing to a lot of the early church instructions on what it means to follow God. And he's using not you're renewed, but you're needing to constantly be in a state of renewal. And so here's what's interesting. Is I found a lot of the times in scripture there's a highlight on the fact that there is an everyday choice to consistently renew yourself. And many of you guys are like, okay, well, what does that mean? Oh, thank you for asking. Because what we actually find is Paul didn't just say it one time. He didn't just say it two times. He didn't just say it three times. He actually wrote in four four church letters, he wrote pertaining to the need to separate from your old life, step into your new life, and accept a renewal posture 
of every day I am going to choose to follow Jesus and become a better version of myself through the renewal of my mind. So he talks about that. Before I get into that, though, uh, a really good illustration of this is about a year ago, my MacBook Air kind of kicked the bucket on me. And what I mean is I took it to the Apple bar, and I'm like, yo, you guys got to fix this. They couldn't fix it, so then I called a bunch of my techie buddies. They couldn't really fix it. So long story short, about four months ago, I had to buy this new laptop. And about four months ago, I realized I'm like, I, I don't know how, but, you know, your phone's on, my phone was maybe listening to me, but an ad popped up for, like, uh, pretty much addressing the issue I had. And essentially what they said is restore your phone or your, your MacBook to its original settings because you haven't upgraded it ever, really. And I was like, actually, that makes sense. Like, I'm like, I can't remember the last time I like clicked, like, upgrade my laptop, new software, walk through the whole thing, right? I'm like, I kind of liked my MacBook when I bought it. It did what I needed to do. It worked how I wanted it to work. I don't need no new stuff. Right in the 830, some of the older people are like, amen. <laughs> They're like, I don't need a flip phone. I want the rotary dial. <laughs> Hello? My grandma's here. She's like, I love those things. Right? Girl, you looking fresh today, by the way. What's up? Looking like the Lamb of God. Anyway, um, he said, uh. So here's the deal, though, right? I'm like thinking my MacBook. Everybody's like totally off track. Who cares? We're in church. We're having fun. I'm like thinking my MacBook. I'm like, what's going on with this thing? I'm like, oh, I didn't renew it. Okay, so best part was I like find on Reddit. I'm like, this is how deep the dive went. I like go on Reddit and it's got a download for every software interface for the last 10 years of Apple. Well, my MacBook was seven years old, so I did one years, took me about a day. And I'm talking, I restored my settings to eight years ago, right? Took a day, took a day, took a day, took a day. And finally, after like a week, Grace got a new laptop, right? Yeah. Anyway, that's not a joke. Um, I was going to sell it, but anyway. Um, but here's the thing, right? I had this, I didn't need to upgrade because I knew what I had and I liked what I had. I don't need anything better. It gets the job done. I don't need this new thing because I like the old thing. I don't need this new stuff. I like the old stuff. That's not how. Man, some of us, right? God's like, yo, I want you to be this new creation. We're like, yo, I kind of like the old creation a little bit. Some of us are like, you know, God, I, you know, I know your word says this, but I like the way my word says, like literally what I feel like saying. <laughs> and so when we're talking about really this, this new idea of truly renewing our mind, it's coming from a place of when we see something or hear something directed from God's word or God's Holy Spirit, we place it within the construct of who we are and let it renew our perception of how we see the world. And this is what's hard for people, I think. Right? We see how Jesus lived his life. We see how Jesus did things. And what we do is we go, okay, I can't do that. And so I'm not even going to filter that renewal through because I'm just not going to be able to do it. And that's where it gets interesting, right? Faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That just sounds like this massive amoeba. But I want to encourage us today. We are challenged, and not only challenged, but pretty much told that the only way you can get away from an old life is a new way of thinking. That's it. 
And, and Paul talks about it. We're going to talk about it in a second. But before we do, uh, a lot of Paul's letters were written in Greek. And so I actually want to break down the Greek word for renewal. And it says this. The Greek word for renewed is ananeo, which means to be renovated by an inward reformation. The construction of the Greek word makes it a transitional and continuative process. Isn't that interesting, right? So every time Paul says, this needs to renew you, it's a transitional point and a continual point. So it's transitioning you into something else, but there's a continuation that happens after that transformation that you're supposed to posture yourself within. I'm not going to lie, that's a little challenging, right? Essentially, he's saying that every time he says says the word renewal, it's enough to get you by for a little bit, but there needs to be continuation. And some of us, right, we've transitioned from one thought to another thought and maybe stopped at that thought without a continuation of the thoughts and we wonder why we're sitting in place. It actually says this as well. So we understand from this that it is an ongoing process through which this transition from one state of mind to another state of mind occurs. So every time Paul writes and says the word renewal, renewed, what he's saying is there needs to be a transition from your mindset here to your mindset here and then a continual pursuit of wanting you yourself to constantly be renewed and evolve within the story and the lifestyle of Jesus. So many of you guys are like, okay, we'll point this out in scripture. Well, thank you for asking. Ephesians 4, 17 to 24. This is a little meaty and I'm not trying to be... uh, condemning in any way, but I do feel like we should be convicted by some of these passages. So it says this, Now this I say in testifying the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. Gentile, that word, is really a word that they use to describe kind of the unreached, unchurched, unreligious people of their day. And it says this, Don't walk in the way the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them due to a hardness of heart. Right, so essentially he's saying there's a futility of mind, there's a, there's a jadedness, there's kind of a cynical mindset or a, or a negative mindset because their heart is hardened, right? So let's keep going. They have become callous and have given themselves to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But this is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught him in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. So essentially he's saying, before you come to God, right? If we're sitting here and we've never made a decision to follow Jesus, we are corrupted by deceitful desires because that is how our world has constructed us to live. But then listen to what he says here, right? It's corrupt through deceitful desires and verse 23, and you need to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on a new self. Now pause. I think this is interesting because essentially Paul's connecting a thought here that maybe none of us have connected. He's saying, in order for you to have a new self, you must start with a new mind. That's kind of interesting, right? Because when you think about it, we make decisions based off of life change, but we don't necessarily what, how most people live. And I'm not just saying, I'm not saying anybody in here. I'm not saying anybody. But how most people live is we let everything on the inside Determine what's going on on our ins- or on the outside. Determine what's going on on our inside, right? And so Paul's saying, hey, everything that's going on on the outside, 
right? Cannot get on the inside. Your inside must determine your outside. Your outside must not determine your inside. And if that's the case, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to live a tough life. You have to have a mindset that says, in order for me to be a new person, a new creation, a new follower, I have to have a new mind. A new way of thinking, a new way of doing, a new way of processing, a new way of looking, a new way of deciding, a new way of filtering. Man, and I think a lot of the times what we do is we come to God one time, we say, all right, God, renew everything in me. But I don't want to sign up for the subscription or the membership of what that is. See, you know what that is, is that's a constant state of, okay, if I'm signing up to follow God, the benefit of it is a pursuit of a renewal on the inside. Yes. See, there, there isn't monthly membership with God. There isn't weekly membership with God. There isn't daily membership with God. There is 24-7, 365 membership with God. And I think what happens and what gets lost a little bit in the translation is the fact that all of everything Jesus is doing is trying to shift our mindset, which in turn will shift our world. You know, if you think about it, when people try to change their lives, what are they really needing to do? They're needing to change their decisions. What's their decision-making rooted in, their mindset? You know, you ever talk to somebody and you're like trying to talk them out of something, but they're so convinced and you're just like, don't, don't do that. I love giving relationship advice to high schoolers it's like you, you guys have broken up 14 times you guys you guys can't even be around each other without fighting and, and she's the one like, can I get prayer one more time no you can't you absolutely cannot have any more prayer for me hey it's like it's like, I really, I really, really, really feel like this is the one. This is the time. No, it's still, it's still not the one or the time. And it, it really never was. Right? It's, it's just funny to me because it's like in our minds sometimes, our minds are made up. And so our actions just follow our mindsets. And so it's like our minds are made up before we've ever even entertained the thought of what Scripture should do to filter our minds. See, because that's how it's supposed to be. Scripture is supposed to filter your mind. Jesus is supposed to filter your persona. Everything about you should be filtered through him. So that was to the church in Ephesus. Some of you guys are like, oh, was this a one-off thing? No, it wasn't. Here we go. Romans 12.2. Do not get, be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal, not the renewed one time of your mind. The renewal of your mind. What is that? A transitional process that has continuation on the back end. Transitioning from old ways of thinking into new ways of thinking into deeper knowledge of God. That's essentially what he's saying. He's saying we're going to transition from old way of thinking into new way of thinking into more depth. And some of us, right, we're like, okay, so I'm going to read and make a list of all the ways I should be thinking and doing things. That's what I'm going to do. And that's not necessarily how it works. See, depth is a lot different than activity. All right? What I mean by that is, is there, when there's depth, you can just tell. When there's overactivity, you can also tell. Because overactivity doesn't necessarily translate to depth. What translates to depth is the pursuit of the things that pull us to the place of understanding the Father. See, we could go through the laundry list, but if we're not actually in tune with just 
God, I want your presence. God, I need your life. God, I want to feel you. God, I want to sense you. God, I want to follow you. See, this is a place where we can go through all the laundry list and forget that we're just, it's us and him. It's, that's what relationship is about. It's us and him. The laundry list and all these things, it's us and him. It's a constant renewal of what that looks like within our lives. But I think we have to ask ourselves the question, have we even had this moment where we just said, all right, God, it's me and you. I want you to consistently renew my mind. What is the practice or posture of what that's going to look like? It's not 47 chapters a day, 62 books, four podcasts, and two worship albums. And then your mind renewed. Right? It's not, okay, well, if this person disciples me, and if I can get that person to disciple me, and then I got four more people discipling me, and then they make all my decisions, and actually they're pretty much the entirety of my faith. It's you and him. Colossians 3, 5 to 10. Once again, this is our third church that Paul is writing about the renewal of the mind with. It says this, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetedness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practice and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of his creator. I love this, right? Because right now we're getting a blueprint for how to renew your mind, right? Right? We're getting a blueprint. You know what that blueprint is? It's okay. If you want to put off the old desire, you got to get a new mind. And the only way you get a new mind is if you look at the image of Jesus understand the way he lived, how he lived, and you apply that to your life, right? So this is, what, this is the depth of what Paul's talking about. Let's jump over to this passage, 2 Corinthians 5, 16. This is to the church in Corinth. Once again, we've got four churches where Paul's like, hey, and what you see, I'm going to pause for a second. What you see is that Paul's writing these churches, and there is a tug of war happening everywhere he goes. He's got Christians who are Christians one day, and then kind of crazy the next. And then Christians, what? And there's this tug of war where there's never really a cut. I am done with my old life. I'm stepping into my new life. I'm accepting a new reality and a new thought process. And this is what he's highlighting. He's saying that because you're not separating your old thought life, your old functionality, your old filter system with Jesus, you keep going back. You notice that he keeps highlighting sin attributes, covetedness, Sexual immorality, greediness, all of these things. He's highlighting them and he's saying, this is old life. Are y'all going to be done any day with this? Can we get past it, please? Old life means that you didn't trade in your old way of thinking for a new way of thinking. If we're not renewing our mind, we will go back. I'm sorry, that's, in, that's it all throughout Scripture. That's all throughout the Bible. Read the book of Judges. My goodness. Literally the whole entire book of Judges in the Old Testament is like people would sin. God would leave them. Then they'd be oppressed and be conquered. They'd cry out to God. He'd rise up a redeemer. He'd deliver them. They'd go back to their way of doing things. I think I counted like 17 different judges where he'd be like, all right, we're doing bad. All right, here's somebody to help you. All right, thanks. Peace out. See you later. Hey, we need help. Okay, here's a guy to help you. All right, thanks. Peace out. See you later. 17 times. 
I mean, this has been human nature since the inception of faith, right? The human nature has always been, all right, I want to renew my mind. However, I don't renew my mind. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 to 17. This is to the church in Corinth. Once again, we've already talked about Ephesians. We've already talked about Romans. We've already talked about Colossians. I'll throw one more at you. So from now on, we regard no one from a human point of view. Though we have known Christ from a human point of view, now we no longer know him this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is grafted and joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creation, reborn and renewed in the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come. I love that phrase at the end because spiritual awakening brings new life. All right, so what I want to do is I want to give us three tips on the renewal process. Three tips on the renewal process. Why? Because I feel like what happens is, is we want... A lot of the times in life, we look for shortcuts, easy cuts, and anything that requires us not having to work or have any form of pain investment. That's just our, that's our culture. But that's not necessarily kingdom culture, and that's what I want to zone in on for a second, right? Is your flesh and your spirit, it says in Scripture, are at war with each other. They're at war. So how you want to live versus how God wants to live or God has called you to live is very, very different. So what I want to do is I want to give us three tips on the renewal process. The first one, renewal is not the pursuit of happiness. It is the pursuit of wholeness. Man, you know what's interesting to me? The Constitution written hundreds of years ago. And they said, we're going to guarantee you life, liberty. And you would think they would just say happiness. No, just the pursuit of it? Isn't that interesting that over 200 years ago, we still, still, could not guarantee happiness, only the pursuit of it. What does that mean? I would say most of our human nature, we could say, all right, I'm going to pursue happiness, but do we ever actually find it for an extended period of time outside of wholeness with our Father? What do I mean by that, right? Wholeness within your spirit usually doesn't feel like happiness at first, but usually happiness catches up over time. Yeah. See, a lot of us, what we do is we filter all of our life through what culture has sold us, what happiness is. And then our wholeness gets left outside in the rain. And we wonder where it goes, why there's a hole on the inside, why we don't feel complete, why we don't feel like we have anything to offer, why we don't feel like we have any purpose, why we don't feel like we have any, any meaning. Because you've bought into the pursuit of happiness that never has an arrival. You've bought into this idea of happiness becoming this, this figment of American imagination when essentially wholeness is meant to complete the whole person. Yes. Mind, soul, spirit, body. I'd much rather be happy in all four of those than happy in one of them. And I think a lot of the times what happens, right? Think about it, right? For, a hun for hundreds of years, we just we keep say we say it like we're guaranteed life, liberty, and the pursuit. It's like if I looked at you and said, you know, are you uh you really excited to just pursue happiness your whole life? You would be like, that's a weird question. But if I looked at you and was like, hey, are you happy in your life? There's a there's a level of almost innocence within these phrases because the wording is different. If I ask you if you're happy, right, it's a yes or no question. If I ask you if you're pursuing happiness, you're just like, that's kind of weird. We're guaranteed the right to pursue happiness, but be based off of how mankind is and how creation is and how our flesh functions, man, 
Very few people actually get to this place of consistent residual happiness. But I can promise you this, if you pursue wholeness with God, wholeness of your spirit, wholeness of your heart, wholeness of the renewal of your mind, I promise you wholeness is a lot better than happiness. The second one, you don't have to be profound to be powerful. You don't have to be profound to be powerful. Man, some of us, what we do is like you get on your your social media, your Instagram, your Facebook, your TikTok, your Snapchat. You see the 30-second blab of like some person just giving you the pump up and you're just ready to take on the world. And then five minutes later, you're back to reality. It's like we want the profound like, okay, give me the three steps of power. It's like, well, that's not necessarily how it works. That's not necessarily how it works. I've been challenged recently. I've been reading a, a book. Um, I think it's, it's pertinent and, and important for us to uh, diversify in kind of what we read and what we study. But one of these books is essentially this guy who interviews, uh, my sister Lish actually recommended it. He interviews 10,000 millionaires. And for me, it was really groundbreaking because in this book, out of his 10,000 millionaires that he interviewed, he, 79% didn't get an inheritance. They didn't have anything given to them at the start, 79%. And most, and another, I think it's 72%, he said, didn't do it through any groundbreaking or crazy stuff other than just long-term planning and savings. I'm like, man, I was hoping for like some, give me something where like five years, bam, we're ready, sweet. It's like, oh no, they're like, oh, it's, it's steps every day. Just being a good steward, being faithful in your savings. I'm like, wow, that, man, I wish culture would sell me that, right? It's like, man, I want to make, we all want the one thing that's going to make the big difference. And actually, the one thing is just faithfulness. It's small changes. See, some of us in our minds, we think that these things are just huge things. And I think God is just like, no, actually, instead of hating your neighbor, just love them. That should renew your mind. You know, instead of wanting to get angry, maybe forgive. That might renew your mind. Hey, instead of being bitter, just let it go. That might renew your mind. Hey, instead of, you know, living this way or thinking this way and and it being counterproductive or counteractive to actually how you want to live, maybe ask people around you if it's healthy, if it's beneficial, if if it's making a difference. I mean, it's just funny because these are small things. They're not crazy profound. But they are profound if you practice faithfulness in choosing them every day. See, a renewal is not this profound, God, I'm going to renew right now, sign the petition, and agree to these three steps. No, a renewal is, God, what are you challenging me to do? I know I haven't been in my word. Do I need to read a chapter a day or something? Do I need to reach out to somebody who will help me do that? God, I know that I, I really need to grow in this area. Who can I invite into my life who's strong in that area that I can, that I can invest a relationship in? God, I know I haven't really been faithful or I haven't really done this very well. What can I do right now or who can I talk? See, these things are not groundbreaking, profound, powerful. Like, oh my gosh, the secret sauce. You just sprinkle on there and everything tastes good. No, it's not that. It's just us saying, I'm willing to start. It doesn't have to be profound to be powerful. It just has to be effective. And the last thing I want to point out is this. You don't drown from falling in the water. You drown from staying submerged. And I'm not saying this in a crass way from, uh, obviously, the the anatomy of of people, you know, passing away throughout this 
But I think so often within Christianity, what happens is, is the enemy shoves our head under the water and we don't fight for air. What happens is, is we go through life that pushes us under the water and we do not fight to get back above the surface. A renewed mind says, I am not going to stay under. A renewed mind said, I may have had a bad day, but I'm not going to have a bad week that turns into a bad month, that turns into a bad year, that turns into a bad decade, that turns into what happened with my life. We have to be people who, when we feel our head is under the water, we have to fight to get above it. I mean, that's why we follow God. Right? His power is made perfect in weakness. That's literally what the scriptures say. But it's just so easy. You know, when pressure is on you to keep you down, it is just so easy to stay down. When pressure is forcing you to a point where you feel like you can't move, it's just so easy to just not move. When anxiety has crippled you and it's just, ah, I don't really, oh, I'm just, I can't. It's just so easy to accept it instead of walk in the opposite direction of it. It's just, man, it's just so easy sometimes for us to just accept instead of us to just fight for. I'm a huge sports fan. And you know what I notice about really good teams? Is that, you know, they, they never don't lose, right? Very rarely do we have a team that's perfect all season long. It's not, as long as I've been alive, there hasn't been very many, if any of those. But you know what makes a good team great is when they lose, they identify why they lost and they determine that they're not going to lose the same way again. Come on. And man, I think if we as a church could maybe adopt some sports philosophy of, hey, if I'm losing this way, I'm going to get strong so I don't lose that way again. That's enough to renew your mind. If you've been losing the same way your entire life, Maybe renew your thinking around that subject so you don't lose anymore. Maybe get people around you who are so strong on that subject that they won't let you lose. Man, we sit here and we go, God, why am I drowning? And he's like, I've given you every tool to rise to the surface, but it's your choice. If we don't want to renew our minds, if we don't want to renew our actions, if we don't want to renew our filter, if we don't want to renew everything of how we do it through the life and image of God, then what and who is actually influencing it? Because if it's just culture, if it's just social norm, if it's just social media, which for a lot of people it is not, I mean, dang, we'll never be whole. It's our choice today, church. Psalms 94, 18 to 19. I cried out, I'm slipping. I love the honesty of this verse. This is King David, the chosen, the anointed, the, the one after God's heart. Hey God, I'm slipping. But your unfailing love has supported me when doubts filled my mind. Your comfort, listen to this one, gave me renewed hope and cheer. Three tips on the renewal process today, church. Renewal is not the pursuit of happiness. It's the pursuit of wholeness. You don't have to be profound to be powerful. And you don't drown from falling in the water. You drown from staying submerged. Let's all stand to our feet.